Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Tuesday, February 9th. Already in the second week of February. A lot going on. We got the CBA agreement between the MLS and MLS Players Association. They finally agreed. Looks like the season's going to start on time. It may, be, may get pushed back a little bit. But today we're talking LA Galaxy. And here to help me talk LA Galaxy, we got John Rojas. John, how you doing? Hey, Gio. I'm good. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, it's been it's been a while. I know you've been you've been out in Colombia. You've been traveling. So how, how was your trip out out there? Good. I mean, the, what we actually did was um, creating our own bubble and trying a little bit of uh, taking advantage of this, you know, working from home situation and schooling from home situation. So what we did was uh, we were um, on the country. Uh, we got a country house, and uh, some family members got there. We all got tested, and then we spent. You know, most of the holidays there with the kids going to school, you know, online and all that. So it was easy. Yeah, no, that's awesome, especially to be with family. How long were you out there? Two months. Two months? Oh, man, yeah. you can't beat that then. Yeah, I kept seeing I kept seeing your photos of you like grilling out there. And I was like, that doesn't look like anywhere in Boston. And then when I found when you when I texted you, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm in Colombia. And I was like, oh, OK, that, that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, yeah, we spent, uh, we got there the week before Thanksgiving and we came back around January 16 or something. So we, you know, the idea was exactly that, just getting out before all the rush of the holiday and coming back after the rush of the holidays. And um, like I said, I mean, the kids went to school online from there. My wife worked from there. I went to the uh, National Coaches Association uh, in January with, uh online too so it was good yeah that, that's amazing that's one of the benefits of living in 2020 right we can just do everything online and through zoom and you know exactly you just record this podcast how we're doing exactly um, even from the middle of uh dignity health <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say we gotta i gotta give a shout out to your background you're in the middle of dignity health sports park uh i was looking at that and i was like okay there we go we're talking LA Galaxy. you gotta get the LA, you know gotta get dignity health sports park in the uh, background you know from the corner yeah. shot I like it. Vicky and Chris came down to turn on the lights for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. LA Galaxy PR came on and turned. They took a, they took a while, but, you know, they finally turned on the lights. <laughs> for you. But let, let, let's talk about the, the MLS and MLSPA. They, they just so – we'll talk about it a little bit. We don't need to get into the details and everything. Um, but they, they ratified, you know, the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, the big topic that, that was in discussion was to push it back to 2027 and for the reason the speculation was because you know there were the the league and in the u.s as a country in north america was going to get a bump from the 2026 world cup and some speculated that the, the owners wanted to push it back so they could you know essentially profit keep most of those profits and not necessarily have to deal with the new bargain agreement if it was ended in 2026 it looks like that's the case it looks like um you know, the owners got what they wanted out of this deal 
And on the other side, uh, players also feel like they got what what they got what they wanted out of this deal. But it really seems like the players, at least to me, gave up a little bit more than what the owners really did. And it didn't really look like the the owners really had to give up much. And and we also got to talk about you know there's some players that make about sixty thousand. You know some players are still living paycheck to paycheck. So uh, you know being pressured into a lockout was not an ideal thing. So what what are your th- overall thoughts of the CBA? Yeah, I mean. T- if, he, if, if you had to declare a winner, it has to be the owners. You know, I mean, they had the upper hand on this. They made the players uh, sat down on the table three times, basically in in a period of a year, or you can almost say that less than a year, and and that's not you know good for any kind of uh, agreement or, or any kind of uh, uh, relationship between. You know, uh, owners and 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 employees, uh, it's not okay to do that. I mean, I, I don't think that's uh, that's good. And and when you're talking about uh, sports uh, people, when you're talking about players, when you're talking about uh, 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 people that is making money out of this industry, is just you know the big gap between the regular amount of players, the players that are like on, at the base of the league. And of course, the top earner is is really big, and and in that sense, I mean, yes, they're getting something, especially not having to to agree to any kind of uh, salary cuts during this year. Uh, they already agreed to salary cuts during twenty twenty. Remember that, but it looks like for them, you know, at the end of the day, it was more important to keep uh, the money coming into their houses to their families in this pandemic and in this situation and not, you know, risking the, the small steps that they gain through the years with this kind of negotiations. I mean, you know, I mean, of course the league is priding themselves in the fact that during the years of, of the existence of the, of the, of the MLS player um, associations, uh, they're not having any kind of disruption or at least not a, uh, a strike. But in the sense of the players, I mean, they're winning, but they're winning too little, you know? It's too yeah. slow, it's too slow of, of, of a process to gain something, to gain recognition. Yeah, and I'm with you. And I think I think it would be different, right, if you, if you had some of the bigger, bigger stars in this league, if they voiced their opinion, but, you know, and I don't and some of they did, Gio, remember. Huh? Some some of they did at some point. I remember very clearly. Uh Fran Lampard mentioned it publicly. Uh Dwayne uh Wayne Rooney said it, you know, publicly. I mean, the players, the regular players in MLS are earning too little. Yeah. That's nothing. I mean, you you know, you're talking about a top athlete that is earning, you know, sixty-five thousand dollars a year. So well, I'm, I'm talking about right now. You know, if you would have had, I don't need to name any names, but we all, we all can assume who the big players are, big name players are in, in, in MLS, right? And I feel like if they were to come out and voice their opinion and say, hey, you know, this is not, this is not what, you know, this is not what we want, you know, let the players play. We don't need to push back. You know, that's what you see in other leagues. And I don't, I'm not saying that's what they needed to do, but I feel like if that were to happen, then, you know, some of those owners that are from those teams may not have been as aggressive, but I, I don't think, I don't think 
they, they, the owners really had any pressure. And I don't think it's, it's for the players necessarily to do that. But if, if you have a star player, I, I'm with you what Rain Rooney said, but Rain Rooney is no longer in the seat in, 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 in the MLS. Right? right. But if he were, if he were to be here and he were to voice his opinion and say that, then I think a lot of people would look at it different. And on the other hand, I think the players that play that are currently playing right now in the MLS, they may not be playing in the MLS in 2027. So they may look, they, they're just going to look out for themselves. Hey, I want to make sure I get my paycheck now. Well, that's, wanna... yeah, but that's basically one of the, of the, you know, of, of the theories or, or one of the, the, the strong points that the league was trying to use, you know, to convince the, the players association on extending this deal until, you know, 2027, because, Exactly that. I mean, you're sitting with one of the guys, listen, you get what you get and do not get upset, like you say to the kids. But at the same time, think, you know, think about that. You're not going to be here probably for those last two years of the contract. So, you know, instead of fighting this kind of fight that is not going to benefit anyone, you know, you're you, you holding your point strong and let the next generation or the, or the next round of players do their job too in terms of deciding what they want to have and, and, find, and get and give out. And, and for some reason, it makes sense for, you know, for some people and for others, it's just, it, it, there's no way to win against the owners. I mean, the owners are, you know, rich people. And if they go to a strike or lockout, they don't have to pay players. So they save money. And if they get what they want, which is the, the extension of the of the contract, then they're winning because they get what they want. So you know they're winning with both faces. Yeah, and look, definitely looked that way, and definitely looked like the players were playing defense in this whole situation. Yeah. Um, and survival mode. Yeah, and also and also feel like it's hard to get that many different players all together, right? Because you know you got players from South America, you got you got players from different. They may not be used to what's going on here in the United States with the collective bargain agreement. And, you know, some players may be like, you know, I want to make sure I get my paycheck. And other players like, you know what, for the long haul, it makes sense for us to hold out. And I think that the league really knew, their owners really knew that they had, they had controlled this whole situation because they're like, they understood that they may be 700 players or whatever the number of players are, may have not come together and be like, you know what, no, this is, this is not what we want to do. We don't want to stole. But everything that I saw that was being reported out there that, you know, looked like that players were going to hold their ground and hold firm. Um, I, I, I didn't, I was surprised that it, that it extended to 2027. I was, I was expecting maybe 2026, but it really showed me how much power the owners really do have in the MLS. Right. And and, yeah. and also the disconnect that from the MLS, MLSPA and the players of really understanding what this really comes down to, because down the line, it's, it's where you're going to make the profits. Right. And the owners are right. And if all of that, the players right now may not really understand because you know what, they don't, they may not care because they're not going to be playing in the MLS in 2027. They may not do that. So there, there's a lot going into it, but I, I just think that in the long run, you know, I feel like the players did sell themselves a little too short because of what's going to happen in 2026 with the yeah, World it's not easy, Gio, and it's not easy to you know to, to play either you know in favor or devil's advocate with with others people money. You know, it's hard. Even talking about the the wealthy and rich owners. Yeah, but the, but the is but, their money. Yeah, but and, the owners you know? did that though. The I'm not saying. Uh, no, yeah, but owners, no, no, no. The owners no, like we're going to lock you out. I, I mm-hmm. get what you're saying, but the owners 
are to 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 make that point the owners are the ones that are going to lock them out i i don't i'm with you like hey the if the players want to play and this is a situation, but I think if you look at the grand scheme of things, the reason why the owners are pushing to 2027 was because of that 2026 bump. And well, it, it's, it's, yeah. And, and not only that, I mean, pushing, pushing the, the cut that they're going to distribute with the players after the new uh, agreement or negotiation that they had to make in 2022 for the TV rights. That's important for them. You know, they pushing that agreement to one more year. So Instead of instead of receiving like uh, I think it was twenty something twenty five percent percent they cut it down to 20 now they're gonna twelve point twelve point five yeah so and then and instead of being on twenty twenty two it's gonna be beginning on twenty twenty three correct yeah so, so it's all it's all about it's all about money and then you gotta take into consideration that uh, the diversity of owners right now in MLS is is, is you know is in favor of these kind of situations and these kind of deals, because you have more owners that at the same time are part owners or part of a group that owns different kind of sports entities, you know, NFL teams or uh, soccer teams in, in England, that kind of stuff. So those owners know how this, you know, kind of situation works a little bit more than all their owners or the older group of owners in MLS that used to be just like, you know, local owners of the league. It's, it's totally different because at the end of the day, yes, uh, and, and I'm totally pro players. And, and they, again, if someone lost here, they were the ones who, you know, lost the most. But if we're talking about the soccer world in most places, you know, whatever the owner says is what it goes period <laughs> there's not even chance to to fight for a collective bargain in in many places in many leagues yeah so. but i think i think in the u.s i think what we're used to right we're used to the nba we're used to the nfl we're used to the mls uh, mlb um and just covering those those are a little bit more united as players and you know and the players association they're more united and like the nba right the MLS is not there, but the in the NBA, for example, they split 50-50 when it comes to... Oh, know, no, no, totally. But like the that. amount of years that they have, you know, fighting for that is... You, you can't compare with the amount of years that MLS no, players no, I, have I, been I, I, fighting I, I, for I, that. But listen, if you want to find another way to win on this for the players in, in, in the long picture and the big picture is look at the amount of support, right, that the, the Players Association had from those... Players Association from yeah. MLB, NHL, WNBA, NBA, right? So they are being recognized now. I mean, in prior negotiations, MLS players didn't exist for their, you know, for their counterparts in other in, in other leagues, in other uh, games. So I yeah, think I'm, that's I'm important. I think, I, think, uh, I think we're saying the same thing, but I think the biggest thing that surprised me was that the 2027, you know, yeah. it, it just really... Well, they played dirty. That's a, that's a fact. Of, yeah, because of the because of what was coming out, what was and this is the reason why MLS PA wasn't signing the agreement because they wanted to push it back to 2027. That's mm-hmm. that's why it got pushed back. You know, it kept getting pushed back, and I think that's I think that's what surprised me the most. And I think moving forward, um, you know, I, I hope that you know this is the, this is what they agreed on. This is what agreed on, but they still have a forged majority clause that they could invoke, and if they right. invoke it again. 
if they say that, say the owners invoke it again, then like how you started this conversation is we already went three times within a year to, to go back into negotiations. And if the owners try to get more, say a year from now, then it, then I, you know, then the, it, it goes, it just, it just proves another point that the owners really control everything. And, you know, it, it's going to come to a point that I feel like if, if, if the owners do invoke it again, I think you got to look at if you're the MLSPA, you got to be like, you know, we have to be willing to go on strike because they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to take more of the pie. I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't get to that, but you know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing. Um, and, and, it, and it is tricky, right? It is the most, the newest league in pro sports, you know, and here, here in America, but I, I just, I just really felt that the, from what was being reported and everything like that, that 2027 was not, was not going to be on, was not on the deal for, for the owners. Then, then the news comes out. And I think that's what kind of just confused everybody. And it really did make seem, make it seem like the, the owners didn't really give up too much in this deal, but nevertheless, that's, no. that's the situation. And, and that, yeah. that's what happened. And we're, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have the season start and maybe get, it may get pushed back by a week or so. I think that's, that's what they're saying. So most likely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out right now. It's speculated to start February 22nd, uh, like, you know, to start workouts and everything. But I think if that gets pushed back to potentially March or the 28th, and then mm-hmm. the season may get pushed back because I think they got to build the schedules. They got to do a, a, a lot of different things with that. Um, yep. but we're here, we're here to talk LA galaxy. Um, there's been a lot of things going on. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Chicharito and Jonathan Jonathan dos Santos. What what do you what do you make of them? Obviously, we know what what happened with Chicharito last season. We know what what happened with Jonathan dos Santos. He went down with an injury. What what are your overall thoughts about them and some of the things you're seeing online from those two? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to predict, but but what you what you can see you, you can see one thing and you and you have to expect another thing. One thing that you can, what, what can you see is this. You can see lately for the kind of press that he's having and his uh, social media presence and all that, that uh, Chicharito is, you know, working out, committed to be ready, uh, all in force to uh, return to the LA Galaxy. Um, you know, not only the support, but the money that they're paying for him and all that. And he's probably focused uh, but at the same time, uh, his personal situation looks like it's not in the right place, right? And one of the big things that he mentioned uh, last year as, as distraction was his personal situation in the sense of he was expecting a, a, a kid, right? Um, he was moving his family. He uh, was settling into a new environment, all that. And all of a sudden, it looks like he's alone and he's hanging out with new people and all that stuff. So you don't want the players to, you know, to be distracted by their private life in that social matter. I mean, those kind of the players that are really consistent and all that are players that are settled, you know, either settled with their own, you know, uh, um, being single and with their families and stuff or settled because they have their own families taking care of the kids and the wife and all that and, and you know, building a family. So in that sense, it's a little bit of a, a, a you know, question mark there. But uh, the only thing that is true is that he needs for himself, for his career, for his pride, for his namesake, for the LA Galaxy to have a real good season. And, and that's what the team is expecting him to have. 
Yeah, and I think, Not- I think, I think um, you know, outside his personal life, I think mentally all that was distracting him, right? Whatever was going on in the household or whatever, we don't need to get into that. But I think that was a distraction. Now it looks like um, he's, ment- he's mentally better. He's phys- looking physically better. And there's a lot of expectations, right? There, I think there's a lot of expectations. He's even posted on Instagram that, you know, his big goal with the Galaxy this season is to win the MLS Cup. Now, that's that's a big goal, right? I mean, if you ask some people, they may say, yeah, right. Other people are like, yeah, he should have those aspirations. But I think, I think you want a player – um, that you saw that was really low last season, and I think you're starting to see a player that that that's coming out of there. You're, you're like I said, he's working out consistently. He's you know he's saying the right things. He's posting about the team, and I think if you're Allegaxi, you you have to be optimistic, right? I think now the next thing is once the season starts and the production on the field and the, the continuity with his teammates and everything like that. I think that's that's the next bigger question. But I think everything that we're seeing right now. Um, where he looks physically, and I think where he is mentally, he looks like to be in a lot better place than he was, what, five, six months ago, you know? Yeah, at the end of the day, what, what is going to speak from for him is his game, right? And his, he, uh, the way that he gels with the team and, 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 and everything in, inside the field, around the team, and, and his performance at the end of the day. So, and that's something that you only have to wait and see. Because, you know, nobody can predict anything. I mean, he can do his best preseason ever and he may get injured, you know, in preseason or the first game and that, you know, blows everything out. So it's just about right now for him is the case with him is that right now with him, it's all about results, period. Yeah, Yeah, and and that's definitely fair to say. I think at this point it is once the season starts, everything is about the results. You want to see positive results. You want to see and impact the game where he didn't last season. Um, now, now let's talk about Jonathan Dos Santos. Um, Jonathan Dos Santos had a, you know, he also had a difficult year um, towards the end of the season. You know, he got injured. Um, he wasn't really there for the team um, physically. And he just won, I think, in an interview last week um, with LA Times that he said he thought about retiring. I don't know if you saw that, but he said he thought about retiring after last season because of the injury. He didn't know um, if he would get could get back to his level. Obviously, we know that didn't happen. He's back with the LA Galaxy. Um, looks like this may be his last year on his contract uh, for Jonathan Dos Santos. He's he said that he wants to retire uh, with the LA Galaxy. What are your thoughts about Jonathan Dos Santos? Uh, that's that's a, that's a, that's another question mark. But it's more outside of the field than on the field. I mean, when he is healthy, when Jonathan is healthy, he is one of the best players on the team i mean he's hard not only his technicality and and the ground that he covers and and his work ethic is just you know you see it it's there the only thing that he needs is to be healthy and then to be healthy he needs you know to take care of his private life that's probably one of the big things and uh and and it, it it's all on him i mean i don't think he i mean the thought about retiring, I think, just comes out of frustration because he wanted to be there. He wanted to help the team. He understood at that point that he was being the captain and he needed to be on the field as much as he could. But then he gets injured and injured and injured, right? And, and, and out of frustration comes this, this thought, but I don't think he, he will actually contemplate, like, you know, sit down actually more than two days and think about retiring. Um, 
he uh, this one this 2021 is going to be definitely his uh, last year on on contract so it's up to him i mean if he really wants to retire adam i'm not sure if he wants to retire with la galaxy i mean i think that he if he you know he performs this year his body responds well he's probably gonna try to play at least one or two more years and and then you know it has to be be determined it has to be decided by him and the team if they want to bring him back probably not at the same you know level in amount of salary but it's going to be you know as soon as the season starts and depending on how his body is responding those thoughts of retiring from two months ago are going to start you know on start negotiations to renew his contract or going somewhere else i i, I think that he has in him the the working mentality and the work ethic and and the desire to play yeah and i think i think that the big question right is if he does come back do you bring him back as a dp or no <laughs> would you as a tam no. as simple as tam maybe maybe yeah. but pay uh, have that spot open for someone else yeah somewhere, of course somewhere yeah i think i think that's fair to say because i think um unfortunate because of his injuries unfortunate because of Uh, the lack of production because of his injuries. I think some fans, you know, may want someone else. And I think, you know, they want someone else that's, you know, available um, without being injuries. Right. And injuries are something you can't, you can't predict, you know, some players are more prone to other things and other prones are not, other players are not. And I think that's, that's the biggest, uh, that's the biggest um, discussion when it comes to Jonathan Dos Santos. Can he stay healthy? You know, a lot of people say he can stay healthy for the Mexican national team, but he can't stay healthy for the LA Galaxy. Um, I don't know how true that is. Uh, I know he's denied that, but I think that that's what it's going to come down to. And we typically, we see players when they're in their last year, they typically have the best season, you know, and I, and I expect mm-hmm. that Jonathan Dos Santos knows he needs to perform if he wants to save with the LA Galaxy. Now, I think, and to your point, I don't know if you're the LA Galaxy. I don't think you bring them back as a DP. You bring them back for less money uh, to make sense. But I don't think um, after the season, unless you see something spectacular that no. him and someone else. Not even. Not even. Not even. John, no. John's, on the, John's not even giving him a shot. Um, but I, I think. No, and then, and then you have to look Gio at the whole picture, right? I mean, Greg Bani, yes, of course, uh, LA Galaxy needs to be on top. And, and, the, and one of the big needs of LA Galaxy right now is a trophy. But at the end of the day, he's there to create a process, right? Mm-hmm. And if you want a process, you need to start getting players that are going to be there on those kind of positions that are key for the game for five years at least, right? To build the foundation for the team. Exactly. Gotcha. So you, you're not going to get a guy like Jonathan for one more year, two more years as a DP or so it's a big time money. And then you blocking the way for a, a guy that you need there for more time, right? You need to create that system and that process. So I think in, in Greg uh, Bunny's head right now, those are the players that are going to be part of holding the process to get something quick in terms of results because they are the players that have you know, uh, maturity and experience and he should and will probably rely on them in the hard moments of the season. But those are the players that are going to be surrounded by those pieces that are going to, at the end of the day, being you know the foundation and, and the process of, of, the, of that team uh, on the future. 
Yeah, and I, and and I, def, I definitely I definitely do see that if you know if, if the DP is moving forward <clears throat> with Greg Vanny is going to be those foundation foundational pieces. You know, I think you know unfortunately Jonah DeSantos coming down down the down the road with the LA Galaxy, and I don't know how much longer it will be after this season. Um, yeah, Plus, but I think nevertheless he, he's going to have to perform. He's going to have to be healthy to still have somewhat a. Uh, of a future with the LA Galaxy. Um, Plus, now, so now, in mind, oh, sorry, just to cl close that idea because uh, all those elements are really important at, uh, at the moment to define what you're going to do with those kind of players. Your two DPs are uh, uh, international players, right? Your two DPs are uh, experienced players. And I'm not going to say all players, but they're experienced players, correct? Mm -hmm. Now, With the new agreement, if you if, if a team brings a 21-year-old or younger player, the charge on the budget is less. So basically, with those numbers, you can bring three players up to 21-year-old, and you're not spending as much money as a one DP. You see? So why are you going to hold on to those players to pay them more when you can bring, listen, you go to, you know, South America, you go to Mexico, you go, you, you go some uh, places in Europe, you can bring a 21 year old with 20, 30, 50, even a hundred professional games already. Okay. And then you're not using a DP money. And plus this guy is 21. So in two years, you can actually get your money back if the guy performs, you know, at a high level. So it doesn't make sense to actually hold on to those players for much longer. The, the DPs that you have right now with 31, 29, 32, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> I think yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I'm just on one, one of those things. I think we, we, we've seen that, you know, Greg Vanny likes, you know, well, from, from Toronto, he likes veteran players right he wants veteran and i'm with you and I, and, I, and i like what and i like your point that you know that you can get a lot of younger talent with this new collective bargaining agreement for a lot less than someone that you're playing with a lot more and I, i'm with you i don't think jonathan dos santos is worth dp money after this year but if you can get a player a younger player and bring them in and build help build that foundation um with that and then the, the another thing jonathan dos santos and chicharito last season i think only played about 30 of the games because of injuries and because of everything going on mm -hmm. and then you want players that play you know up to like 80 90 100 of the games you know like uh christian pavone did for 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 the other galaxy and that those are the type of players that you want to build your foundation on um speaking of christian pavone um you know that as of right now Um, you know, I, I believe that LA Galaxy is still interested in Christian Pavone. There's still a lot of things going on these last couple of months, you know, following around. I've been told that, you know, Christian Pavone is going to have a surgery for his fibrosis um, because he apparently he had an exhibition game against Talleres over the weekend and then he wasn't able to go to practice yesterday because of the pain. And I think uh, the, the the soccer council in Boca finalized. Yeah, no, it. he's not. He's not finishing any practice without pain every time it's not just the weekend every time he practices he's finishing with pain and then yes he's trying to work it out with some treatment and right 
But uh, on Sunday when he played, on Saturday when he played, he came out again, you know, almost, in, you know, limping because uh, the pain is too much. And he has been told already that he needs to go to surgery. And now the team just is, is pushing him. I mean, don't, you know, don't fool around with this. You need to do it, period. Um, and that's actually one of the things that may play in favor of LA Galaxy. Because yeah. because his recovery is going to take probably around two months. Mm-hmm. There's no offers for him anywhere from anywhere else. LA Galaxy is still interested. So you know, uh, there 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 are ways for LA Galaxy to get there, and to get a player that it's important. I mean, listen, in this transfer market with you know, pandemic and everything that is happening, you need players that understand and know the team, the league, the environment. Yes, you can, of course, bring new players, but there's a risk, there's a chance. It all depends on what you have already around, you know, as a foundation for, for the club. Uh, Minnesota United is a, is a team that is just, you know, turning out that roster for like three years and now they're getting different kind of players. Cincinnati, same thing. You know, they got this young Brazilian guy today uh, announced it today, but but they got a big foundation there. It doesn't happen with LA Galaxy. LA Galaxy doesn't have a big foundation. Uh, LA Galaxy is actually in the process of turning the roster around. So you need to bring players if you want results quickly, or you're going to take. I don't, and I don't think that that's something. It's some something that feeds to LA Galaxy profile, and even less right now to say, all right, we're going to take this season, turn the roster around and focus on winning, right, on the following year. No, LA Galaxy needs to be in the final on 2021, period. So for that, you need some players of that caliber. Now, the other thing with Pavon is Boca is still – Boca had a real messy business and massive deal when they brought Pavon in, okay, uh, because they – got into this agreement uh, with, with the prior team, with um, Talleres, Talleres de Cordoba, and in which they will take the player and Talleres will keep a percentage of a future transaction, correct? Mm-hmm. But Boca pay up front that cut without you know, just having the player and signing for a future transaction, they pay upfront $3 million. So when Boca changed the, the, the front office, the management, the president, and, and, and all, all the board, they look at this and say, why, why are we doing this? We look, that money is not in our balance because it's money that we shouldn't be paying. The, the, the process here is, as always happens, the player plays with us, and when we sell the player, then we transfer that money, right? But they were so um, so uh, secure and convinced that Pavon will go to the World Cup and will do such a World Cup that they will sell him for probably four or five times the, the price, the tax price that mm-hmm. they pay for. So they pay in advance those $3 million. And those $3 million are in red on Boca's book. So they need that money. So whatever, so what you're saying, they're in, they're in the negative $3 million. So whatever... Essentially, the LA Galaxy offers them, let's say what it's been speculated, that's what I've been told, it's been $6 million. So essentially, they would only get $3 million 
Correct. To what that's you're why, saying, right? So that's, that's why, why they push it and pushing to get that 20 million that is not, you know, in any in any player contract, if you actually value the player, you had to put a high, you know, a high number as a clause for a team to get him away. Because that what that clause means is not a negotiation. If I'm a team and I want the player, I put 20 million and I tell the player, I don't need to talk to you. Goodbye. That's on the contract. That's why the clause is so high to protect your interest as a, mm-hmm. as a team. Correct. Mm-hmm. Now, if we're going to get into a negotiation, then that's a different story. Yeah. But we know now that that has ended, right? That, that ended tw- December tw- 31st. And I, I know Boca is still using that clause, that previous, the $20 million clause. But, you know, to, to your point, no European clubs this last transfer window showed any interest, right? And no, that, he that has, spoke, he has that just no, spoke volumes. As of today, as yeah, of today just, he has no interest for anything, not Europeans, Brazilians, Mexicans. He has no interest for any club right now. Exactly. So, and he I already think, told he already told Boca that he doesn't want to play there. Let me just get my uh-huh. point. Uh-huh. Um, but, what, I think the biggest thing is right. I think everybody out here and what I was thinking, I was like, all right, let me see this winter transfer window. Let me let me see if there is big money because if you're thinking of big money spenders, you're thinking of teams in Europe, right? When I'm re- I'm not really thinking about teams in South America. I'm not really thinking. Uh, MLS teams necessarily outside of LA Galaxy. So I wanted to see if any European teams were going to bid for Pavone and they didn't, they didn't, they, I mean, nothing that I, that I read or I never, I didn't see no, anything nothing, like nothing, that. Nothing. So that tells me that, you know, LA Galaxy are the ones that are kind of holding the cards here, right? That, you know, they're the ones with the main entrance, but there's still tough negotiations between Boca and LA Galaxy. Yeah, right? The you thing know? is that the thing is that Boca, listen, the, the window already closed in Europe, right? If they want to put the player in Europe, now that he has to go through surgery and two months of recovery, he will need to play somewhere to go to Europe for the next window. Because no team in Europe is going to pay right now to get a player that is going to sit down and go to, you know, to the, uh, get a surgery and go to the recovery process for two months. They need yeah. results now. Now, yeah. if you want that to happen, he needs to play. Where he's going to play? He already said, I don't want to stay in Argentina. And it's not only his mouth. I mean, he can change at some point. But you don't know how much pressure is from Boca fans every single day. And if you said nice and clear, I don't want to be here, those people are going to make sure that you're not there. Yeah. They don't want anybody who opened their mouth and say, I don't want to be here. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think I think so it's a tough thing. situation for him. Yeah, it's a, the it's other a t- option would be Brazil. Yeah, I think that it's a would tough, be another. It's option. a tough situation for him, but I think it's also a tough situation for Boca Juniors because, um, because of of how they're handling this whole situation. One, he doesn't want to play for you, and two, now he has to have surgery, right? So he's going to be out to up to two months, right? Up to two months. So that wherever that falls, say he has surgery this week, or wherever that falls in line that's going to be up to the start of the MLS season, right? That can Correct. line up perfectly with the, with the start. If Pavone for somehow comes back to the LA Galaxy, he may miss one or two weeks. And they say the MLS season oh. is pushed back a week. He may not miss that much, right? Let him, let him miss a month. Yeah, he MLS. still doesn't miss any. He still of does, MLS. Yeah, he exactly. still doesn't miss that much. No. I think, and I think where, where it becomes difficult is – Boca trying to push for, you know, 
15 or whatever, how much more. It doesn't look like Galaxy are willing to go past 10. No, you no, know? That's, so why, it's like, that's why Galaxy is taking it as low, you know, and relax and waiting for signals. Because at the end of the day, if he goes to uh, surgery, it may be a point in which they by themselves, his, his agent and himself reach out and say, you know what, let's get it. Let's get this done because I want to make sure that when I'm done with my recovery, I have somewhere to play right away. I yeah. can't just wait and see what happens after that. Yeah. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be prolonged. It's been prolonged, right? Since like we're in February, you had two months now. We'll probably be, well, April, May. I can't do the math right now. And I think some of the things um, that, that makes it so tricky, let me just ask you this thing is like there's speculation out there that when – Christian Pavone signed with the LA Galaxy. If the LA Galaxy didn't buy Pavone, um, that the amount of the loan, the 600000 that Boca would have to pay the LA Galaxy because they didn't buy him. Um, obviously, that was done with the previous administration, with the previous Boca front office, and now there's new front office. What I'm told, I think there's going to be they're, – they're, they're looking into it because the new administration did not know about that. So I think that also plays in part because if, say, Boca – let's just play the story. Say Boca that, owes LA Galaxy 600000 yeah. then LA Galaxy will like, hey, we'll offer you $8 million or we'll offer you $9 million. We'll just take that off of what, what you owe us. You know what I'm saying? So there's more yeah, it all, that, it all Yeah, it all – you know, comes into the same picture because it's not that the Boca had to pay to LA Galaxy back or anything. It's just that the agreement was that amount of money that they pay for the loan will be added to the money that LA Galaxy will pay or, you know, if they actually uh, use the clause and buy Pavon's rights. So if you had to pay ten millions. We take away the six thousand that you already paid. You had to pay nine, and you know ninety four. So it, it, that's the thing. Now, if they since they did not take the clause and buy the rights, now what is going to happen with that money? And that's what Galaxy will be looking into it, and Boca will be looking into it because how the provisions of that contract, you know, mention if that money goes back to to a LA Galaxy. And that's the kind, that's the kind of deals that happens when, when you loan a player. Look, uh, Franco Escobar just went from Atlanta United uh, to Newell's. Atlanta is not getting one dime to loan this player, okay? But they're getting you know, rid of their salary. Yeah. Newell's, is, Newell's is paying the whole salary. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and I, to me, to me, it makes a lot. It makes a lot of sense. I think it, the news just kind of broke recent, just this last week, because uh, people didn't know. We didn't really know those details, right? And we don't. We didn't. We didn't really see that Boko is interested. Has been interested to, to you know come down in the negotiations with with the LA Galaxy. Now, let me let me ask you this: if you if you're if you're Boca, and you know you're not going to get fifteen or twelve. Um, where where is the number? Let's just put it out there. Where is the number you think you think would be fair for both sides for Pavone? And just 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 your thoughts. Anything between ten and eleven is is fair. I mean, I think actually twelve. If you pay the twelve, I don't think the Ali Galaxy is is doing bad business paying the twelve. I don't see. I Galaxy mean, out of the twelve, there, out of the twelve, you take out the six thousand, right? And so 11, 11, 4, 11. 11.4. Exactly, something like that. I mean, or you may get into agreement of paying the 11, but if we are champions, then you get a bonus of this. And if he is going to be the MVP, then you got this bonus. 
that can you know you structure the deal in that way yeah no i, th- I think i think that makes that makes a lot that makes a lot of sense and i th- i see we know boca is good at, at prolonging these negotiations and i think we'll, we'll see what happens within with these next two months you know, if once Pavone does have this surgery, um, because that's, that's definitely what a player that they, you know, doesn't want to be there. The Galaxy, the only, looks like the only, the only people that are in the bar, you know, they're the only ones that are interested and Boca don't really want to negotiate at this moment uh, with the, what the prices are thrown in them. But I think it's right. going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I know you got to go, John. It was, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Once again, talking, uh, let the people know where they can follow you. Yeah, sure. It's a J Rojas, a seven five. That is on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we can, we can, keep discussing there many things around MLS, LA Galaxy. Yeah, definitely give John Rojas a follow on Twitter. He definitely knows what he's talking about and everything, even though he, he doesn't let me get in a couple words here and there. But, hey, he, he has a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of things he wants to talk about. It's always, lot. Great to, <laughs> it's always great to have you on. Guys, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure to give this a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. You can also listen to this on Spotify, wherever you get your music. You guys can follow me at Gio Garcia LA on Twitter. And also be check us out on LA Soccer Hub on Instagram, Facebook, and all your social media social media platforms i can't even talk right now but uh, for john this is jill we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody